Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Oh, God, I ask you right now that you would have me bound the cross, give me access and humility to minister third heaven, that I may rightly divide, rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, I pray that you would tilt up all the grounds that make e teaching, preaching, and revelation knowledge receptible for your people, oh God. Oh God, I pray right now, God, that you create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be called lay it down. Lay it down. And we're going to be in the book of John, John 10, 1 through 18. We're going to be in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5, 1 through 20. And we're going to be just looking over some things. Of course, the life of Jesus, the greatest, you know, the greatest teacher, the greatest prophet, the greatest heel of all times. When I think about Jesus and I look at everything that he's done, he really has given us the blueprint. Why is it that we're not following the blueprint that Jesus Christ has set before us? And this is what God gave me earlier in the week. It says, Jesus laid it down willingly. Why are we still struggling with what, um, what we're doing, what is right? Or why are we still struggling with, with where we are and the things that we're doing in life? Uh, we need to come into the place that we need to figure out what is our struggles and deal with where we are right then and there. We cannot let pride, we cannot let selfish ambition and, and selfish motives about where we are or let the spirit of pride come in because we're still struggling with everything from the pulpit to the back door. We're going to have to learn in this hour how to lay some stuff down. Even though the things that we're going to lay down is not pretty, it doesn't look right to us and it may not look right to somebody else, but you got to get into the place that you got to lay some stuff down, some real issues down. You going to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Friday after Friday on Saturdays, but you have not truly laid it down. Why is the enemy fighting you with the same things over and over again. Huh? We're going to look at the life of Jesus Christ huh? and you need to understand huh, what his coming was truly about. We don't understand it. We don't understand the coming of the Lord during Easter time or resurrection time but Jesus Christ laid a life down in three years huh, that's going to last for centuries and, 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 and millions of years from now. Why are you being Led by the flesh. Why are you causing the flesh to lead you in strange places? What do you mean by strange places? It's carrying you a place that God has not intended for you to go. Why are you hanging around people that's causing you to lead you in a place of darkness? A place of solitude. We're going to be talking about the man that was in the tomb. It says we give the enemy this authority and power. We, it says we lay it down to the enemy. We worship his spirit. We, we are, you know, doing all kind of things that 
that we're, we're so busy just trying to do it our way and, and we lay things down to the enemy. We just give the enemy over. We just cave into his, his pull or his lies and his deceit. But Jesus Christ laid things down in a righteous and a holy way. While we're allowing the enemy, while we're caving into him, while we're allowing him to lead us in a foreign place that God has didn't intend and designed for our life, while we're letting the enemy do these things, we don't believe in deliverance. We don't believe in the attacks of the enemy. But yet Hollywood tells you these things. But yet when it comes down to the Athens church, we don't believe in demons. But yet you believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We give up. We just act like there's no Holy Spirit. We don't listen. You're going to have to get into a place that your spirit has. Why is my spirit so quiet? It's within me. That is scripture. You cannot allow your emotions to take over. There should be a, a, a quickening in your flesh. There should be a, a, a radar going on. Because that's what God signaled to me that, wait a minute, you're being led into a strange place. And I had to learn to listen to my spirit. When my flesh was saying war, and I'm going to get you. I had to come into a place that I had to lay my will down that the spirit of Christ may be revealed. And i never forget what Sister Spencer said. She said when you get upset, you, it, it, it disturbs the spirit. Sometimes it's better to run it was a man in the Bible when he was when the wife was trying to tempt him, he had to flee. He laid his clothes down, he left everything down because he was fleeing. Even though he got locked up in jail, but God still came in his appointed time to deliver him. You got to know when the enemy is enticing you. You better learn to flee from some things. And fleeing does not make you less. It makes you more powerful. Because the Bible said, he said, my strength is being in quietness. Let's go to the book of John 10. And I'm going to be skipping around John 10. But before I go there, I want to tell you something. God spoke this to me. It says, a man, nature is in his flesh. Why are you allowing these things to happen? It's not what you eat that defiles a man. It's, 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 it's what comes out of a man that defiles a man. Matthew 11 tells you that. You got to understand something. It's not what we eat that's defiling us. It's what's coming out of our spirit that defiles us. 
Let's go to John. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way? The same is a thief and a robber. I look at this and so many of us are trying to get to a place in God, but you ain't trying to lay nothing down. You're not trying to do any of these things, but you got to come into the place that Jesus Christ is your example. We're looking at everybody else to be an example, but somebody's got to be a watchman on the fall. Somebody's got to man the watch at all times. Even though everybody else is having fun and doing what they want. He says, but I looked, but I couldn't find nobody. We're watchmen on the wall. We know that the word of God is true. And if we stand still and get an understanding of who Jesus Christ is, we know that he's the blueprint of life, uh, that our flesh is not drawing us into strange places. We know it's not what we can eat uh, that causes us to be defiled. And look at the world. Everybody's getting all kind of things done. But that's not what's going to make it in because this body is going back down to the dust. But our spirit is going to be with the Lord. This life is temporal. And we're passing through this journey. But Jesus Christ is the ultimate example. But who enters by the door is the, of the shepherd. He says, uh, it says, by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hears the voice and the call. It says he calls his own by my name. It says and lead them out. And verse 4 it says and when he brings out his own sheep he goes before them and the sheep follows him for they know his voice. What is the voice of God in this hour? That's his word. And being led by the spirit of Christ. One of the things about it is, you, that's why I was telling you before service started, that we got to come into a place that we get rid of all of this anger, strife, bitter rage, anger, unforgiveness, that we can be led by the spirit. Huh? Because whatever's in you huh, is going to lead you into a strange place if it's not being governed by the things of God. God says, you come any other way, you're a thief and a robber. The only way that you're going to come is you're going to have to lay everything down. But what some of us are so scared to lay our sins down, huh? some of us are so scared to confess before God. He already knows you're filthy and dirty. He said, That's why my blood washes you. Let's go to verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Listen to what God is saying. Who's a strange voice? That's an enemy that's attacking you. Whether it's being used through a person or, or, or by some other means, you need to understand this even on your jobs, even on your home, even in the church. You better understand that you cannot follow a strange voice. You need to understand something. Satan got his enemies, and they always trying to pick and plow. They always trying to do things. They always trying to manipulate the situation. But God said, if you got me in you, show sure enough, you ain't going to allow that to destroy you. He said, because whatever I made was good. Whatever I created was good. 
And you need to understand this. That's why when God came, he broke the covenant. And one of the things, remember they didn't believe in eating certain type of meats. They were kosher type of people. But in the Old Testament, he said when he cleansed it, it was good. And I'm telling you these things. What God has cleansed, you cannot let the enemy come in and defile the things of God. You are the temple of the most high. You cannot allow nothing in this life. You got to wear everything and people like a loose garment. You can't take what everybody says to heart. You need to understand something in order for you to go to the next place in God. You're going to have to lay some stuff down. You need to come into a place that you understand that the God in me is more than a situation around me. You need to understand that the good shepherd... It's going to lead me to a place of prosperity. What is that prosperity? It's whatever that you need. Some of you need peace. Some of you need long-suffering. Some of you need deliverance. Some of you need a hope of glory. Some of you need a place in him that only God can sustain you. He's whatever you need at that present time. He's an ever-present help in a time of a storm. I can't look at what it looks like. I can't care about what they're saying. But I got to see that God is going to deal with me wherever I am. I shouldn't get in a place that a donkey has to, has to talk to me and tell me an angel's right there in front of me. That's a person that's stubborn and stuck in their ways. Let's go down. Verse 7, it says, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. He says, and whoever comes before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastors. You need to understand something. That's the only thing that you're going to find pastors, which is peaceful place. You got to understand green pastors. You need to understand what God is saying in this last hour. God is trying to lead you into a place of peace because in an hour now the world don't have peace the world is full of fear the world is full of corruption and you need to understand everything that God is saying in this last hour he, he said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he lead me beside the still waters he restored my soul he lead me in a path of righteousness for his name say yea do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will feel no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me You need to understand, God ain't going to lead you in no strange place. He's not going to lead you into the valley and the shadow of death without giving you a flashlight. He ain't going to lead you in a place. But there's something in the valley and the shadow of death that you need to learn and understand. But if you got the light of Christ, the revelation is in the light. You need to understand something. God is going to reveal something in your dark place in your life. That's why you got to be led by the Spirit. God said, I'm not a thief. A thief come in the dark and takes away everything. He said right here, he said in verse 10, it says the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, I have come. Do you know why your living Savior, Elohim, 
him. Jehovah El Shaddai, he the good shepherd. Do you understand what his reason is for coming in your life? Why in the world you think he would get you out here and leave you stranded on the boat? That they may have life and they may be having more abundantly. What is the abundant life? The abundant life is not always in a car, house, or land. I'm going to tell you what God gave me about that. Some people in the church are processing, it says, are possessing with issues and demons, hurt, pain, and etc. And you say, I have enough of Jesus. Ain't nobody got enough of Jesus. You ain't listening to something that you'll never come into the place of a full understanding and knowledge of who he is because God knew that there was always going to be a thorn in your flesh. There was always going to be something present in your life that you're going to have to overcome. So abundant life to me is being able to be moved and led by the spirit of Christ. Knowing that the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost power flows through me at will. Because my will is submissive and under the power of God. The days of prosperity preachers are over. God is cutting it off. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. God said, and I already demonstrated it. He said, because I've given you all of me, I'm asking all of you now. And it's going to take some denying yourself. It's going to take some giving up of your will. And that is the hardest thing, is to give up our will and be submissive. That's why the military makes you take an oath and you go do something else other than what that oath told you to do. That's why they call it the bridge. They lock you up. You need to understand what's going on. Some of you don't understand the bridge that you're under. And the jail that you're in is because God said, I had to put you in prison. He said, turning the one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his soul may be saved. Some of you are not moving in the spirit. Some of you are not being governed by the things of God. God said, because you don't want to listen to me, I'm going to cause trouble to come. I'm going to cause hard times to come. I'm going to strip you down of some things because I tried to get it in the first realm. He said, man, because you called me to do drastic measures in a drastic time, I got to save your soul from destruction let's go on down therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life and I take it again. You need to understand something because we're mimicking the life of Jesus. God said because you laid your life down for me. You laid down strife. You laid down bitterness. You laid down jealousy. You laid down rage. You laid down unforgiveness. He said because me and my father won and I bless you and I gave you new strength in life and I 
promoted you, you need to understand something. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew thy strength. They shall mount up like wings of an eagle. They shall mount up and not be weary. You got to wait on the Lord because your days are being mounted up like a wing on an eagle's wing. I finna fly and soar through some things. Rage and anger don't get me down. Hard times don't get me down. The bills not being paid don't stop nothing. You need to understand. And I'm going to stop there and I'm going to tell you something. <coughs> About verse 17. And I, won't, I went through a couple of different translations. And the New International Version says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Are you willing to lay it down on your own accord? We're talking about laying some things down. God said, if you come willingly, I'll do it wet for you instantly. But if you come with a grudge, if you come fighting and screaming, guess what? God said, that's the life that you're going to have to live for a season because you got to toss and turn with some things. New Living Translation says, for I have the authority to lay it down. You need to understand something. What kind of authority that you have? Some of you think that you don't have no authority in Jesus Christ, but you say you got the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost, it gives you the authority. You can command your spirit and your flesh to come under subjection. You need to come into a place that I bind the warring of my mind. I command my flesh to be at peace. I bind you, spirit of unforgiveness. I bind you, spirit of rage. I got authority over you because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. I got power. He said, greater works should we do in his name. Why you not operating in the greater works? Why you allowing all of these things to overtake you? You got the authority. New King James Version says, I have the power to lay it down. Do you believe in the power of Jesus Christ? You need to understand something. You got power with him. And this is what God is saying. He said, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. You got to lay it down of yourself. When the Spirit show you your mess, you better lay it down of yourself. Because you say that you serve Jesus. You say that you love him. You say that he's the Lord of Lord and the host of your life. He's the authority. He's the ruling principle. He's the ruling deity of your life. You got to do some things of your own. God gives you an opportunity. You're not robots. So don't say you can't control nothing. You better get in the pace of God and lay it down. You better turn down your plate. You better fast and pray. Break that wheel down. Because me and my father are one. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. In the beginning was the word. So before I was even brought forth, the beginning was already made. My life was already appointed by Jesus Christ because he was in the beginning. He ordained you to be here. Why are you letting life get you down? I have the power 
to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father. Let's go down to Mark 5. And I'm going to be talking about Jesus restores a demon-possessed man. Then came to the other side of the sea. It says, to the country of the Gatherians. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tomb, a man with an unclean spirit. Who had been dealing, it says, who had been dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even the chains. I'm going to tell you something, that was a terrible spirit. Some people don't believe that you can have a spirit of self-destruction. I preached a sermon called Spirit of Limitation. We get to a place in our life and it seems like we're limited. We're halted. There's a stagnation there. You need to understand something. That is a spirit that's rolling and ripping in your life. It may be generational. It may be a door that you open. That's why you got to be careful how you treat all men. You need to understand something. Some of you is breaking generational curses, but ain't nothing happening. But God said, are you allowing me to break the biggest one in you? Then it's going to flow down. You need to understand it falls down to the third and fourth generation. Huh? You've got to understand something. Just like air and beard, the blessings flows down. Huh? You need to understand something. God is trying to deal with the head. Huh? He's trying to deal with you in a higher level than where you are. Huh? You've got to really give it over to God. Huh? How can you tell somebody beneath you to let go and you ain't really let go? Huh? You need to understand something. Huh? You've got the spirit of self-destruction. Huh? That spirit in you is tapping in everything around you. Even though you say that you love it, huh? but yet you're destroyed. Start day in and day out. But God said, if you love me, you'll let it go. That's why I was telling you earlier, you got to have a heart like that. You got to have a true spirit of the living God. You got to really love God. Love him more than you love yourself. You got to deny yourself. But can you say that you really love God more than anything? And that takes a place of long suffering with the Lord. Going through highs and tribulations, low places of your life. You got to love God more than anything. And he knows your heart. He knows your heart. The tomb represents a dark place in the soul, in the mind. His mind was being tormented day and night. Have you ever been in a storm where your mind was just being tormented day and night? Oh my God, I thank God for showing me mercy through my anger and through my rage. I was being tormented day and night. I wanted to hate and dislike everybody that I thought caused me pain. Oh my God, my mind was gone. I didn't have no peace.
peace. In the bedroom, I didn't have no peace. In the living room, I didn't have no peace. On the job, I didn't have no peace. In the church, I didn't have no peace. I was searching for peace in all the wrong places. I had a heart, couldn't nobody cringe. Have you ever been there? I've been in the tomb. I can look at Mark 5. I was that man that was in the tomb, in a dark place in my mind and my heart. I was in a dark place with people. Nobody wanted to be around me. Let's go on down. Another thing that God gave me about number three, no one could talk to him. He was blinded his way or no way at all. <laughs> Have you ever been there? My pain blinded me of everything. My hurt, my rejection, my disappointment. It blinded me. It caused me to isolate myself. See, when you isolate yourself mentally, the body's just going to follow. I didn't want to be around nobody. Nobody can identify with my pain, but you forgot one person that took it. He was named was Jesus Christ. He felt every pain. That's why he can identify with our affliction. He was trapped in his own mind. And he was trapped in the minds of others. That spirit catches. <laughs> you don't think nothing about yourself? Guess what? You're releasing that spirit to them. They ain't going to think nothing else about you either. <laughs> you got to understand something. <laughs> you see what you sow and that you're going to reap. You need to understand this. This man was in a hard place. This woman was in a hard place in their life. You got to understand something. I was held captive and I held other people captive in my heart and my mind. So they felt about me the way I felt about myself. Because believe it or not, you express how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis by your actions, by what you say. That man was in a tomb. That woman was in a tomb in a dark place in their life. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. I'm in verse 4. Matthew 5, 4. It says, and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces it says neither could anyone it says tame him I don't know have you ever had that much rage I have on many a place a time on many occasions in my life it seemed like them I was bound and my rage was overtaking me and couldn't nobody bind me up and I was in a place now that I couldn't even help myself 
bound with shackles and chains. It says these chains and shackles of of what he or she has done to themselves and what they have allowed others to do to them. You got to understand something. There's two things that's happening. Yet I hope you get this in the message. It's what I was doing to myself and what I was allowing others to do to me. You got to understand something. That rage is twofold. It's coming at me and I'm giving it right back because I can't even tame my tongue. I can't even walk this walk. But yet I want everybody to understand me. How can I understand a mad woman? How can I understand a mad man when I'm shocking and chained by my own body? When I'm shocking and chained by my own thoughts? Can't nobody tell me nothing. Can't nobody do anything right in my life. This is one of the things that David Gusick said. He said, you can pray to him and not surrender to him. And we're going to talk about verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. You got to understand something. That mind was so twisted. That heart was so broken. He thought when he saw Jesus Christ that Jesus was going to do what he did to himself and others was going to do. He said, wait a minute. You standing in the one, in the presence of the one that can change everything for you, can change your circumstances can change your way of life can change your way of how you feel about yourself and how you feel about others you need to see this let's go on down For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for many are her. He said, for we are many. Let me tell you something, I've been casting out demons not as long as the old mothers. But one thing that I do know, if you got one, I guarantee you got another. Some of you don't understand what's really going on. You think it's just one demon, but you got to understand something. Say never fights fair. And I looked up Legion. It is a demon or group of demons, particularly those in two or three, it says versions of the, it says exorcism, it says other Gadarean demonic. Jesus saw all of this and he still went on the cross. 
because you're going to find out they ran him out. Some people don't really want Jesus. They only want him on his terms. But see, they ran him out when they saw what he was doing. He cast him in the herd. You got to understand something. When you go back and read it, Jesus did that because his time was not at hand to demonstrate his all power. You got to understand something. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he shook up heaven and he shook up hell. And you got to understand something. That was a great earthquake because Jesus Christ gave up the ghost for you. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen. You don't have to worry about it. All you got to do is yield your spirit and God will cast out every demon, everything that's ailing you in the life. But you got to stop running. You got to stop pretending. Some of us don't understand the power. God is trying to do things in our life, but you keep saying no. I don't want it. Why? Because you're comfortable with that spirit. But you better get into a place now that you allow the power of God to move on your life on the inside and on the out. Because it's not what you eat that's defiling you. It's what's coming out of you that defiles you. And it tells people where you are. Hang around somebody negative. Hang around somebody heartbroken. Hang around somebody ain't never been delivered before. Hang around a religious-minded person. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Then they go home and cut up like a dog. You got to understand something. You better watch and understand something. The TV, you don't know what them folks are doing. But you better have a discerning eye. You better understand that the power of God is real. And I want to tell you something. God had compassion on this man. God got compassion for you. You can tell him everything. And he never changes his mind about you. He said, just whoever will come. Come raggedy, come dirty. Come unclean. Come with legions. Come with your issues. Come with your problems. It's time now that you go confess your sins before the Lord. And repent, which means to turn and don't do it no more. People say they're sorry and they continue to do the same thing because they're not delivered. You ain't got no power of your own. It's going to take the power of the resurrected Savior of Jesus Christ to come in and change you from the inside. But you got to have a desire. You got to have a will. You got to have an unction that is something more and new for me. And I can only get it from God, not from a revelation of a man. You need to understand that Jesus Christ is the revelator because he is who he said he is. You need to understand this. And I want to go to verse 9. Then he asked him, 
what is your name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. He's talking about the evil spirits. He's not even dealing with the man yet. He's dealing with the demon. You got to let God deal with the demon. Huh? You got to let God deal with the evil spirit in you. Huh? You got to understand something. Huh? You got to understand where you are. Huh? You need to understand huh, who you are and where you stand. Huh? Ain't nobody holier than Jesus Christ. We need to come clean with where we are. Jesus already knowing where we are. He's looking for one that he can use in this hour. And what he allowed before corona, he's not allowing it now. So you need to understand that everybody's got the change from the pulpit to the back door. He says, I'm looking for some people to pour not only fresh oil, but new oil in. I'm looking for some people that's going to have my power and my authority that can demonstrate the gifts of the non-Holy Ghost power. You need to understand something. Not about money, not about fame, fortune, or riches. You got to die to yourself. He said, I'm looking for somebody to do what I called them to do in this last hour. It ain't good. It ain't just about how good you can prophesy. But God said, can you live it? Can you demonstrate it in your home? Can you demonstrate it on the job? Can you let them talk about you like a dog and turn the other cheek? Oh, let's deal with Jesus Christ. Oh, when the Roman soldiers got him. Oh, they beat him like a dog and he turned one head. Then he turned the other cheek. Then he bent his back over for you. Then they did him right here. And then they did him like that. And then they spit in his face. But yet he still had all power. And let's, let me tell you something. Let me go here right quick. Matthew 26 and 53. Matthew 26 and 53. It says, and you. It says, are you not aware that I can call on my father? Matthew 26 and 15. He said, I can stop this in midair. Satan got his legions, but God got his. He said, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 20, 12, 000, 12 legions of angels. Satan got one legion. But Jesus got 12 legion angels at the beck and calling. What do you have? Whosoever will, let them come. We're talking about abundant life. We're talking about laying it down. Hear what the Lord is saying. Hear what the Lord is saying. You need to understand the price that Jesus paid for you. Why are you wasting it? 
why you keep crucifying him over again. Why you keep falling into sin? Why you don't want to check yourself? Why you don't want nobody to check you? I thank God for the higher saints than me. I thank God for them. Let's go on. Matthew. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm going to go down. Verse 12. It says, And the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swines that we may enter them. And it says, At once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swines. Here was about 2,000, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Jesus told them, gave, permitted them to do it because his time was not at hand. Jesus allowed this because the time of his total demonstration of his authority over demons had not yet come. It will come at the cross. And this is David Gusick. But I'm going to read you Colossians 2 and 15. Tell us that, that at the cross Jesus disarmed demons in their attacks on believers. He made a public spectacle of their defense and he triumphed over them in his works on the cross. And I want to, I got, I'm gonna, I got to go to 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians 10. Ten and three. And I'm gonna read down to six verse six. And it says right here, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Why are you in the flesh warring with another fleshly demon? I can have words with Joanne, it don't mean it ain't nothing happening. Satan sitting back on the sideline, hmm, you doing it for me. I ain't got to do it. Ain't no power, ain't no demonstration of the Holy Ghost. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down the strongholds. This is why you need the power of God. That's why God got to use a clean vessel. And a yielded vessel. I didn't say a perfect vessel. I mean me not talking about yielding on Monday and nothing to fool on Wednesday. I'm talking about a, a life of being yielded and letting God prove your heart. Because it's callous 
and stony and hard. If you can't have compassion for your enemies, even I go back. Even I forgive. Who is the greater one? God told him, ain't nobody greater than John the Baptist. <laughs> Disciples wanted to be greater. <laughs> Caught up in themselves. Caught up in what you want. Because you walk with Jesus, you go to church, don't mean you rid them. Don't mean you're going to access everything because he told the disciples things that you know, they don't know because you're close to me. See, some things you only get because you're close to God. And because God is always testing us and pruning us and God is always dealing with us on various facets and every different things and different levels of our life. You got to just let God deal with you on one thing. You guarantee you, just like some of us got legions of demons, guess what? There's many areas of your life that you need God to prune, to shape up. Some things God need to throw away. Some things God need to replace. Some things God need to shave down. He said, I'm the blacksmith that blows the coals on the fire. The creator is for my glory. Check out Isaiah. You need to understand something. Casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. When you in your flesh, ain't nothing happening. Because there's war in my members. The Bible says no good thing dwelleth in the flesh. That means when you act on it, because the flesh serves a good purpose. But then it also be something else, huh? The Bible says the, the worst thing in, that, in your body is that tongue. And I remember back in the day, they used to make you wash your mouth out with soap. But soap couldn't heal it, because you get back in another fight. Guess what? They're washing your mouth out. But when you repent, when you let God grab a hold of that flesh, everything that's in that body, even your eyes, because he said a terrible thing is the look of your eyes in an evil way. You need to understand something. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. When your obedience is fulfilled. Obedient to who? God. But we're so worried about the person. But do you want the power? Or do you want fame with man? Or do you want to be famous with God? Because people that's famous with God are never popular. You need to look at the life of Jesus. He was not popular. He didn't get popular till after his death. The disciples didn't get the revelation till after the death. You need to see this. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name, amen.